Well, good evening and welcome to the penultimate PW podcast for the season, barring any uh, other developments that may go on over the summer. Tonight we've got two guests in the studio along with a full strength podcast team. We have Dan Crawford from the Fulham Supporters Trust and Jack Green, who uh, Wigan fans will have seen as did the Wembley to Wigan bike ride. Uh, Dan, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. After a good week, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to have some positive news. And Jack, how are you doing? Still pretty sore, to be fair. Knees, <laughs> knees aren't the same, but feeling good. Like I say, after some positive, uh, positive results, feeling good. It helps, doesn't it? It helps. Um, did they invite you in to the game, or did they just say, get back on your bike and off you go? Yeah, it was, it was on your bike because of all the COVID restrictions. Um, yeah. I was hoping Paul Cook would be there to give me a little little rallying cry, but no can do. Oh, well, well, we'll come to that in a moment once I've spoken to the rest of them because they'll cry if they don't get to have Begrudgingly, you mean. Um, so, uh, Paul, how are we doing? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Good. No, I can't, can't complain. Uh, club, uh, club record and all that. This is why I come to you last, Paul. You just carry on. Uh, older Adam, how are we doing? Very well, thanks, Sai. Excellent. Uh, Younger Adam, technical yep. man, how are we doing? Good, thank you, mate. Good stuff. And Barry, how are we doing? Yeah, yeah very well, thank you. Uh, just to let Jack know, I contacted Nick at the ground to see what time he was expected. And what he said to me was, we're not encouraging people to come down because we have to keep a sterile earlier. So I, I was half tempted to come anyway, uh, but I thought, <clears throat> why Nick had said that if I did show my face that, you know it, it's like going against him so um, I would have loved to have been there but I saw your photographs really appreciate that mate yeah he did say that he was going to he was I'm mean, in an iron about getting a few people down there but given the current situation there was no can do I appreciate that well let's let's, uh, let's start with you Jack um, so at the time that we put this uh, agenda together that you'd raised £4,544 yeah, that's right. Um, well, yeah, very, very well done. And for those who've been living under a rock and not tuning into anything Wigan Athletic um, recently, you decided to get on your bike and ride from <clears throat> the famous arch to the most famous football ground in the country, uh, the DW Stadium. Um, explain to our listeners th- the reason behind it. So I was sat on this very desk. I've been working from home for a few months now. And obviously the news that kind of shocked, shocked us all, we got into administration and having dealt with depression in my family, I don't say this lightly, but I felt instantly depressed. I was, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, I think I've, I've seen you guys talk about the emotions you went through. Is I felt depressed, I felt sad, and then I felt angry. And then I thought, do you know what? I've got this week off. So what is it? Week commencing the 13th. And I was like, that's my chance to make make a real impact, make a real statement. Um, and then having seen how the players reacted, I was like, I need to go big. I need to show them how much we as the fans really care, how much they've kind of fought for us, even though they're on 20% pay. And I was like, what what better way to do it than Wembley to Wigan? Just because it's, it's a memory that we'll all have for the rest of our lives. And I've, I want to get this out there. I've seen pundits say, oh, I bet Wigan fans would wish they were still in the Premier League. And not a chance, not a chance I would swap that FA Cup win. And I think it's the same for all Wigan fans. So I thought, I'm going to go big. And that's the kind of emotional, sentimental trip to do. 
And it, <clears throat> it is some trip as well because um, obviously a lot of people know it, it is some distance, but that's some distance by all motorway. Obviously, you can't do that. Uh, you probably end up in the back of a police uh, van. So um, where did the, the route take in for you? Have you seen any places you've never been to? Yeah, plenty to be fair. Um, so the way I've, I'm not a, a massive cyclist either. So I had a, had a few friends giving me tips. Um, and I just kind of, I got the map up Wembley to Wigan. And I just kind of looked at where's a third, where's, because I was like three days, I'll, three days is my target. So the first stop was Northampton, which I've never been to. The second stop was Ashbourne. Uh, just by the Peak District, and then third stop, the DW, which I knew well. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think to um, a lot of people listening, well, probably everybody listening, you've not got a broad Wigan accent, you know, you don't sound like you've just been for a Wigan kebab, <laughs> or something a bit more upmarket. So, why Wigan Athletic? So, when my, my parents separated when I was 11, so I was born in Exeter, so obviously even further from Wigan, um, moved to Wales, South Wales, Cardiff as a kid. Um, and when my parents divorced, my dad was a northerner, not from Wigan either. Um, and I was 12, I think at the time, 26 now. And we, we were looking for something to kind of bond together with. And we were like, we both love football. So we were going around all the grounds. We went around, went to see Man City play. Um, I think we went down to Villa Park. And then we went to Wigan, Aston Villa, it was an evening match, I think it was a Wednesday. I found the, the article the other day, I think it was 2006. And Jimmy Bollard banged one in from outside the box on the volley. And something just, the football bug just bit me like nothing else. I was sat in the family stand, the south stand, hearing the little whistle. Of, and I just loved it. I was like, Dad, this is, this is our team now. And um, just from there, from that day in 2006, it stuck. I've watched us all through the prayer, mother season ticket in the S3 for years. Um, watch us go down to League One, up to the Championship, back down to League One, back up. So that's how it all started, and it's just the bond that I'll never let go of now. I think you know we we echo those sentiments. It does, you know, even Dan um, in Fulham. It it once you get your club and it bites you, then you, no matter what you go through, it is one roller coaster of emotions, and there is something that just um, takes you in. Um, so. The work you've done, though, to be fair, mate, to get on your bike and, and ride, no training, and it's all uphill, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it <laughs> all is. the way up to again. Did you get the train back? I did, yeah, from Manchester Piccadilly, so. Yeah. Did you have to cycle to Manchester Piccadilly, or? No, thankfully, my, my stepmom was there to, to greet me at the ground, because I, I honestly couldn't walk. I was waking up between the kind of my pit stops, and I, I literally was crying with emotion and pain, and but... Honestly, seeing all the messages from the Wigan fans, players, um, it really did keep me going. It sounds cheesy, but I had my phone on my handlebars and I'd have Sam Morsey pop up. I'd keep going, mate. And I'd have all the Wigan fans like, we're all behind you. We're all so proud of you. And that was one thing that kept me going. And I just wanted to do it, like I said, to show the players that we're, we're still willing to fight and we appreciate what they're doing for us. That's the thing as well. If, if you don't know Wigan and you don't support Wigan, you just won't get it. What, what this club is. And I suppose it'll be, it'll be the same for other clubs. But a lot of the players have spoken recently about how special a place is. Um, and it's... Everyone's come together. You know, the, the players are a band of brothers, to quote uh, a picture that we've seen out there. But also the fans to a man, uh, the amount of money that's been raised, which obviously we'll, we'll go into and discuss in a bit further uh, on in the show. But um, from myself and everyone at the podcast team and... Every Wigan Athletic fan, 
players, everyone. Well done and, and thank you very much because it's, it's no mean feat. No one's obliged to do anything, but, you know, you, you took that step and I put yourself through the paces um, for the cause. So, you know, for myself and everyone else, thank you very much for that. Appreciate that, mate. No problem at all. Anything for Wigan. That's, that's what we like to hear. So um, <clears throat> we'll move on from there. We'll move on to the the Barnes the game and we'll just skirt over this one because it, it wasn't um, the prettiest of games. If, if I could quote um, Ian Holloway correctly about his, you know, he did a speech, I think it was at QPR about going out on the pull and stuff like that. I'd use that to describe this game because it was, well, <laughs> I wasn't too pleased come full time, but a nil-nil draw. Um, over in Yorkshire and that pretty much sums up the game a nil-nil draw it, it was exactly what it said on the tin there was few few chances few, few and far between Anthony Robinson sends one of their guys flying gets booked and Danny Fox receives a red card for a high challenge which for me it wasn't a high challenge Barry what are your thoughts quick thoughts on the game we'll, we'll move on from this one as quick as we can yeah, uh, nil-nil, that's what it were. Awful. OK, that's Barry. Um, Paul, what were your thoughts? I know you, you were otherwise engaged, but from what you've gauged from socials and everything like that, what, what were your takes on the game? Um, I've seen the Anthony Robinson challenge, and yeah, that's, that's the, the red card in anybody's book, isn't it? Um, apart from the referees, obviously. It, it, a point, it takes us that, that bit closer. It does. It does. It could be a vital point come the end of the season. Yeah, we, we had we had four points to make up with four games to go, and that went to three points with three games to go. So yeah, we 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 crept closer to the target. Absolutely, uh, Adam and Adam. Have you got anything you'd like to add to that summary um, of the game? Yeah, I th- I, you know it was. I think. After the results elsewhere, it, it became a good point at the end of it, um, especially with the red card. So, um, crucial. Another game where we haven't conceded. So, you know, after, after last week, you know, it's not really, we don't really need to focus on it, do we? Because un, unbeaten, um, not conceded, no complaints from me. No. I don't know, Mr. Pendlebury, you'd like to have a, just have a say, because we've not heard your voice yet and this okay. must be killing you. We're, we're quite away into the uh, podcast already. I was just going to say, if you want to just leave the entire whole game to me, I can deal with that if you want. <laughs> well, I think that's some that um, everyone probably wants to get involved in. Even Dan, you know, he'll have, he'll have seen the score, no doubt, and everything that's gone with it. So, right, it good, I think good point. You could see the reaction from the Barnsley manager at the end. They, they knew really that that I think that sealed their fate because with their running, um, it's a better point for us. And, and obviously after. Going on to Tuesday night was a, a superb point. Yeah, absolutely. Right, that is the shortest we'll get Adam to speak for tonight. So that's that's a first. Um, I'll be honest. I went into Wednesday night. Uh, sorry, Tuesday. Quite nervous, as I know through through the group chats that we have. Barry was losing sleep. He, you know, he wasn't really in a, a great frame of mind heading into this game because it really it, it was a six pointer, um, a massive game. I can say everyone in this, every, every Wigan Athletic fan would have not have predicted what was about to follow. Um, until you saw the opening 15 seconds and we're having a shot within those opening 15 seconds. Again, if you've been under a rock, the halftime score was Wigan Athletic 7, Hull City 0. 
that in itself is something else. It's the you know second time I've seen Wigan score seven, probably the third time for you, Barry. Um, yeah. And then we finished the game, eight goals to nil, and we hit the post, we hit the bar, we've broken records, um, and you know seven nil in the in the league and the club record win. Eight nil, Simon. Eight nil, not seven. Uh, looks like we've lost oh, Simon though for a minute. Oh, I'm I'm back. I'm back. I don't I don't know what's going on. Everyone just seemed like they're frozen. Um, so the goal scorers, Naismith, um, got us got us going. Um, Kieran Dowell, Kiefer Moore, Joe Williams. How good was Nathan Byrne, Jamal Lowe? I mean, you could go through the whole team. How good players were, but. I'm, what I'm going to do, guys, I'm going to change this around. Dan, I'm going to come to you. Obviously, Fulham, you're in, you're in the uh, the playoffs, pretty much done for the season now, aren't you? Until until those playoffs come. But when you you're seeing a seven nil half time score and an eight nil full time score, what's what's your thoughts with Wigan coming up? Oh yeah, I mean, good news. Thanks for having me on, guys. First of all, and uh, and good news for for all of you is that we're virtually on the beach now until the, until the playoffs, uh, I think. So there's a there's a strong possibility that we'll rotate and, and play a few of our young players in the in the remaining games. We're actually playing at the time and our our sort of abortive quest to try and catch the top two was ending because uh, we were an early kickoff, uh, slightly earlier than the new guys on, on Tuesday night. So I I was getting scores coming through on my phone. Um, and I thought somebody was was playing a prank on me because you know I, I've written I've written this article about Wigan and how uh, Fulham fans should get behind the uh, the cause and it, my phone was buzzing one two three four and uh, and yeah no fantastic I mean that's it's always a rare event to see to see a scoreline like that um, and I think it also shows allied to, to Jack's point earlier on when he was talking about how he wanted to show how all the fans are behind the players. I think it shows it's not a, not a one-way street in, in this situation for all of you. You know, all, all of those players are, are really playing and fighting for the cause and, you know, has certainly done the goal difference a, a world of good, hasn't it? Well, that's it. You know, we've, we've hit plus one goal difference, which everyone knows when down the bottom end, that can become a, a point in itself. It, it's interesting that... Um, a certain sports reporter, um, commentator, whatever you want to call him, um, said you could understand, not these not exact words, but you could understand that the players may not be committed and may not want to perform. Um, and they may not be bothered, basically. Um, they've definitely shown that they're bothered th- throughout this uh, period. And by God, did they show they were bothered on um, Tuesday night. Barry... Uh, the man who was losing sleep, the man who was nervous, could you sleep Tuesday night? Could I? Act? No. <laughs> I um, I was watching the uh, the replay on my phone over and over and over, and I was just buzzing over it. Yeah, absolutely fantastic! Like I say it's the third third time I've seen us hit at least seven in in, in a competitive match. Um, it was just. It, <sighs> It was mind-boggling uh, just to see those goals going in, and, and uh, 
they were good goals as well. You know, they weren't they weren't fluky goals. It was something like you know, if there had been a crowd on that night, they would have been buzzing that crowd. Uh, I still can't get over it. And uh, Kieran Dowell's last goal, the last goal of the game, was an absolute worldie. And it reminded me of Bobby Martinez's goal against Scarborough when we set the record originally in the league when we beat them 7-1. Or was it 7-2? Anyway, whatever it was, 7-1. And it reminded me of, of, of that where he just sort of flicked it in. Martinez flicked it in uh, from one side of the box. Dowell, it was just an absolute fantastic skill. skill. Is soccer AM still on? Because that, that was top bins, that. That was top bins, no. definitely. Un- unbelievable seconds. I must admit, it's... it's... It's not the most goals I've seen in a game involving Wigan, because um, unfortunately I was at uh, White Hart Lane um, when we when we shipped nine. But the performance was, you know, was something else. Uh, Jack, did you? Well, you, you're going to have been travelling, aren't you, at this point? So, no, I'd, I'd arrived at the ground at about five. Um, to be up to, I'm not a religious man myself, but. It had me thinking after that ride and then I was sat in the car down the road from the stadium and like you say, yeah. see those goals flying in. It was just unbelievable. It made it made my knees a lot less painful, that's for sure. Yeah. And um, Paul, what, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, well, I actually tweeted at the club saying, do us a favour, can you have a word with the lads and make sure that we're we 3-0 up after half an hour, after 20 minutes, I said, um, so that my nerves can settle. Uh, and it, it took us half an hour to get 3-0 up. But I think the, the, the key thing for me is that the game, the game was over as a contest really early. And all that anxiety that we took into the game was just gone. You're like, right, this one's put to bed, three points coming here, and then on, on we go to Saturday. Yeah, and it's you, you've got to think that dressing room at half-time, that dressing room at full-time would be... You know, absolutely bouncing. It, it's been obviously a very, very tough place to be recently, Wigan Athletic. So that kind of result has, you know, obviously got sort of motivated every man. Um, but you can, I, I remember that first goal going in when Naismith scores, and this, the the roar from the West Stand was probably louder than the roar from the West Stand when we beat Man United, when we beat Man City. I mean, I sit in the West Stand, so I'm, I'm calling myself it. But that's how much it meant because we were off. We we're in the going in the right direction, and that's where we needed to go. Um, young Adam, um, phenomenal, wasn't it on on uh, on Wednesday night, or Tuesday night? Uh, how how vital is that of a win? Because you know we're talking about the the, the positive goal difference now and what have you. But what do you, what do you think the players' mindsets are now going to be going into these two crucial games? Well, surely the the mindset is, you know, you know, we can beat anyone. Um and when, when all these players are, are put in this tough situation, they can they can get through anything, I think. Um in terms of how crucial a win it was, massive. If we'd have lost on Tuesday night, then you, it's near enough done, isn't it? So um especially the fact that now goal difference players is an extra point for us coming in this run in. And obviously Hull are gonna be absolutely slaughtered in terms of their mindset so it, it keeps us in the fight and it shows that we're well up for it and it gives us a massive chance going to the last two games and it's in our hands now so that's all we can ask for um, I'd have preferred you know maybe a 4-0 and we save the other four for Saturday because um, <laughs> you see it a lot where a team spanks someone and the next game they don't score so I'm hoping that's not the case 
Um, well, let's, let's, let's definitely hope yeah, that's not the case. So, but what a fantastic result. Um, I have goal alerts on my phone still, so I, I kind of knew they were coming. Um, I, I, I just have to. I, I hate watching because um, on the TV, I hate watching games if I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I take and just, go on. I thought it was a glitch, to be honest. Every time I thought, no way. There's no way. Because I think it went from like three to seven in such a short space of time. Because I was in, I was in message that. conversations with people going, oh, it's 3-0, oh, it's 4-0, it's 5-0. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, I, came, I came upstairs to watch the goals because I, I had their phones on, I was eating my tea. And you come upstairs, you sit down, and another one goes in. <laughs> we, we, we had the problem, um, I, I was watching it with my dad, and the internet is, is awful. So we had to like pause it for a couple of minutes, let it buffer, and then you know you could watch a... And I said to me, Dad, I said, there's no point here because it's just, my phone's just pinging away. It was seven up. So we'll just Are, you die? Are you in Kazakhstan? Well, <laughs> that's what it, it, it feels like. I, it was easier to watch it on my phone than it was with the internet. But uh, that, that complaint has been logged with the, uh, the homeowner and he said it will be rectified in due course. Um, oh, that's everyone spoken to, isn't it? <laughs> Nobody else wants to uh, jump in. Just, just before you go to Adam, can I just say, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Hull uh, respond to that by beating Luton uh, on Saturday. You think about, you think back to when uh, Southampton got battered by Leicester earlier this season. They had a good response. And when as Adam, or it was yourself alluded to there about us losing to Tottenham nine-one, and we, the next game we beat Sunderland, if you remember, and uh, I think that might have really given them a kick up the backside. Uh, I can't see him getting anything in the last game of the season or down at Cardiff. So them beating Luton on Saturday just might do us another favour. And well, uh, yeah, and we'll come, we'll come to those fixtures um, shortly. Okay. Uh, Adam, go on. I know you're dying. You're dying to get involved on this eight-nil conversation. So you've got about thirty seconds. Well, don't get this very often, do we? Don't often get to talk about an eight-nil win. So. Um... I mean, the only thing I'm, I'm going to add really is um, I think we've talked about the quality of the player, but in that second half, which I thought was testimony to the mentality of the players at the moment, is still defending for the lives. You know, there were a couple of opportunities that Hull had and they put the bodies in the way, you know, really wanted that clean sheet, which unbelievable, 10 clean sheets in, in 11 games in the, in, at this level, championship level. It's absolutely fantastic. You know, so I think that platform for me is the bit that gives me the most confidence going into into the next game because we know we can score the odd goal, but also now we've got that sort of secondary aspect of it that we don't concede many. Um, so yeah, all round great performance. Just wanted to congratulate the defence as well as clearly the, uh, the the attack, which is obviously inevitably we're going to praise the attack in an eight 0 win, and that's all I'm going to say, Stein. So it's interesting. <laughs> I'm only joking, Pengy. Uh, uh, it's interesting, though, because you listen to um, Guy Clark and uh, Tommy Gore on uh, Tuesday night, and even they make reference to it. that We're talking about the defence. We're winning 7-0, but yet we're talking about the defence and how good that defence has been. Um, Liam Balligan, you know, great player, putting you know, self- selflessly... Um, Obviously, he's been out injured. He's 
going to be a free agent in a couple of, well, a week's time. Could have done himself a really nasty injury, which could have put him off perspective buyers. Stood up and played, um, played really well. Um, <clears throat> and you can't fault anyone. It was a really 10 out of 10 performance by every single one of those players. And we were just on it. And Hull were the team in our way, unfortunately. I, I did feel quite bad. Um, Bobby Hagraff, who was on the podcast last week um, as the Hull fan, she's done a tweet the same as Gary Neville doing the champagne cork popping um, as a bit of a, of, um, a celebration, I think, for a university. I decided to, quote, retweet that um, at halftime when we were 7-0 up. She wasn't too happy, but I think she's got uh, the good sense of humour. Not many fans want Wigan to go down, especially in the circumstances that we're in, and I think that is shown through things like that. Anyone got anything else I'd like to say on the 8-0 win? I feel like I've covered it very quickly, but it was just fantastic. And I don't think you can say anything more than it was fantastic. It, it, it puts us in a position where nobody can stop us now. Um, Barnsley losing today. As long as we win our last two games, it doesn't matter what any teams down the bottom do. Well, Thorpe, you know I don't share your optimism at the moment. Um, You've not shared it all season. No, well, I, I think it's just because I don't want to agree with you on something. I don't, um, I don't mind if you're wrong. It's up to you. <laughs> I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Right then. Um, so, we are in administration. Barry, have you got any news or updates? Or, in fact, anyone, have you got any updates on uh, the current state of play at the club? Uh, I have not, really. I spoke to one of the admin guys on, on Monday. Outside Which the one? stadium. Uh, Stan, as he's known to his friends. Uh, Paul Stanley to everybody else, but he told me to call him Stan, so I must be a good friend of his. Uh, he seemed a straightforward talking guy. Um, didn't have a lot to say. Didn't say anything we don't already know. So, uh, yeah, nothing really. I think there's a... Is there a... Um, an evening with the administrators tomorrow, isn't there? Yeah, it sounds very interesting. Uh, young Adam is being loaned out for for the evening. We're yeah. uh, sending him out on a, on a one-match loan. Um, Adam, you've been a lot more involved than, than we have. Do you want to fill the listeners in on what's going on and what they can do and how they can get involved? Yeah, so it's a kind of an exclusive Zoom evening. Um, so through the crowdfunding page, there is a donation option where you can buy like a ticket for the evening. So you can get... Um, it put into the Zoom as part of a private Zoom session where we'll be joined by uh, the, uh, I believe one of the administrators, um, Lisa and Andy will be on it. Um, a few more surprise guests maybe, and you'll be able to field questions directly into the Zoom chat. Um, so it's kind of like a, an exclusive kind of Q and A, um, but also helps, you know, um, with fundraising to the club. So you can find more information on it um, on the sports club website. And you can also, uh, buy your tickets on the crowdfunding, the official crowdfunding page. Is is that a novel thing that we've come up with, or is that something that happens with other clubs that have been in administration? Because it sounds to me like it's a, a good idea, but you know, well, have we copied it? I, I believe it's an original idea. I think all clubs have have, mm. have their own have had their own ways of, of dealing with it and raising money. But you know, um, I think 
it's um, from what I know, it's an original idea and it's been um, formed through the supporters club and a few others. Yeah, and uh, older Adam, do you want to do you want to elaborate or add? Yeah, to just just on on that point. I mean, I think it's it's kind of just building on what we did a couple of weeks ago, didn't really? When obviously we first got into administration, and obviously that was a successful evening. Um, you know, we got some really good general information. Obviously, uh, getting a perspective from Boise as well was was uh, fantastic. Um, and now we're two weeks on. Um, obviously, we'll be joined by. Uh, some different people as well, um, and now that the crowdfunding is really well up and away, I think it, you know it's another opportunity for us to you know put put some money in into that to help help us through the next couple of weeks. But you know also this time to get you know get something out of that as well. You know getting a, an exclusive opportunity to uh, you know you know to question the the people who are more in the know. And I know they're not going to be able to give all the answers. I don't think it, I don't. I don't think that's the expectation. But it is nice to get sort of a slightly different perspective than maybe you would sort of, you know, just get in the uh, sort of newspapers or on 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 Twitter. So, well, there haven't we? Yeah, um, and you know, this is this has been run by the, the Wigan Athletic Supporters Club. They've done a lot of of good work, and there's there's various things that you can obviously you can donate to the crowdfunding. There's stickers available uh, supporting it. The posters are available. There's going to be T-shirts available, um, and the sports club are having a really good link in to to the club. Dan, I just want to come to you because obviously you're part of the Fulham Supporters Trust. How how vital is that um, link between the, the you know the Supporters Trust and the club, and and what kind of things do you do down at down at Fulham? So I think there are two things really. First of all, it's about getting that communication channel. Um, between the supporters and the administrator um, and the ownership, and just on that on on that point, I think it is an original idea. Absolutely, I've been involved with a few clubs that have gone into administration or or close to administration, and they've never had anything um, quite as open and transparent as this. So people should be congratulated on how they've opened those channels of communication and kept them open, so that you can have another um, swing at it. And I think. In terms of what I've seen from looking from afar, uh, it seems a very united fan base at the moment. And that's really important in terms of getting everybody behind the, the same objectives, um, having everybody pushing in the right direction and being able to generate new ideas and potentially new funding and interest as well um, in the club as a going concern um, going forward. What I will say as I'm looking on from a, from afar as well, is I feel like I can say it. It's a very um, it, it's a very special football club, Wigan. Um, from my perspective, from a lot of people uh, up and down the country, we recognise what a special place Wigan is and what a special place um, the the football club is. So if you can channel that energy um, and keep it going forward, then you're doing a you're doing a hell of a thing. Um, I've been involved with Supporters Direct and other. Um, national football bodies, fans bodies in terms of dealing with some of these situations um, and they're never easy but you're never quite sure um, what's going to come next so having those lines of communication and a bit of transparency as well especially if you're able to speak to administrators as, as Barry has alluded to um, is really important so I just encourage everybody to, to keep working on that and coming up with those ideas um, and keep everything going in a positive direction yeah, and 
<clears throat> obviously the, the fundraising, like you know, you, you've mentioned, is uh, and how it how it stands out. One hundred and fifty thousand, one hundred and sixty thousand. It the total just keeps going up. You know, da, uh, Jack, a one man band, raised over four thousand pounds. Little Tesco Express, Topper Beach Hill, Gidlow, Topper Gidlow Lane in Beach Hill. Um, you know, I'm not speaking out of turn, but demographically not the most wealthiest of areas of, of the borough of Wigan. But everyone's come together and raised, you know, over a thousand pounds there. Barry, but you've had your hand in um with everything that's been going on at Tesco, haven't you? Yeah, uh, Tesco Express have uh, have been driven by Joe Barry, who's the manager there. He's a massive athletic supporter. He's been up to Partick Thistle with myself, watching the Latics, you know, he travels around the country. Uh, and he's driven his staff and they've, been, they've had a Tom Baller on, they've been selling replica shirts, all ones, so, you know, what they've, uh, they've got out the attic and give them a quick wash and they put them up for sale. Uh, and had a bucket at the end of the sale for people to throw those chains in. And, and through all that, I've been so positive about it and making it such an inviting place when you walk in, full of blue and white, big posters up and banners, uh, people have donated to the tune of a grand, so it, it, it's absolutely fantastic. Well done, well done to Joe and all the uh, Tesco Express people. Absolutely fantastic, and and you're on a, a bit of a mission, aren't you? You've got um, limited stock now, of stickers, um, that uh, the for the Let's Hang Gone appeal, haven't you? I have, yeah, and uh, they are limited. I'll just show one to the camera because we're recording on Zoom, but nobody will be able to see it. You know, do you know uh, one of them would look really good? Just stuck on Craven Cottage, I think. <laughs> I think well, that's... you say that, Simon, because I sent one down to a Fulham fan from Epsom only yesterday. Oh, the day before, he'd received it yesterday. So uh, they have been selling him down that way. Uh, so fantastic. Hopefully he'll, he'll stick it on Craven Cottage for us. Um, yeah, so, so they are going. They're going well. It's... Uh, I put them up at £3.50, but you can only pay uh, into that fund in, in multiples of pounds. So it's gone up to £4 for one, £7 for two, and £11 for three. And um, I'd just like to say a big thank you to the, the sponsor of those as well, Bespoke Design Printing of Newtley Willows. Thank you for that, because it's donated all the uh, stickers for free. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, and also, Barry, you're doing even more stuff. You organise the 10K, haven't you? Do a 10K and um, even yeah. sponsor, drop some money in. Um, yeah. I'm sure, Jack, you, after this, you could probably go and uh, do that if you fancy. Get a 10K done. Um, how's that been going? Have you had a lot of uptake on that? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think we're up to about 340 quid now. It's £10 to enter. Uh, you just do a 10K, a virtual 10K yourself and run your block. Track it on your phone uh, or whatever device you've got, then just upload it. And there's there's medals for the first 60 people to complete it. So there's even a medal for it. And a big shout out to Stuart Alker as well, who's done 10 10Ks in 10 days. So absolutely fantastic. One a day for 10 days. And he said he's going to carry on until he, each is, he reaches his target of 10 grand. So well done. Well done, Stuart. And Barry, me and yourself are going to be out. Um, we're not, not going to be running it. I'm in no shape to, to run it, but we're going to do a 10K, aren't we? Socially distanced with the dogs. Yeah, we'll do that next week. I'll, I'm running one on Tuesday, so I can't, I can't do it with you Tuesday, but... Um, I'm whipping them. Maybe Wednesday. Yeah, we'll get, get something in. 
Yeah, was it Wednesday night? Not much on, is there? Not much on at all. Which which brings me to the fixtures for the remaining game. Um, Leeds have obviously beaten Barnsley tonight. We've mentioned that by goal to nil. So, really positive uh, news for us Latics men. And women. Um, so, games to look at. Huddersfield play West Brom. So, you, you pretty much fancy West Brom to get the points there. Stoke travel to uh, host Brentford. Again, Brentford... They're going to keep pushing, I think. You know, I don't think I they... Think, I think Stoke are out of it now, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Borough travel to Cardiff. It's just whether Cardiff have got their uh, feet up on Sun Loungers or, you know, Landudno or something like that. Um, big game on Sunday. Barnsley take on Forest. Uh, Forest, obviously, the playoffs are, are their objective, aren't they? So, it'll be a very, very tough game. Uh, you follow them guys playing Sheffield Wednesday. Now, there's obviously a lot going on with um, Sheffield Wednesday. For me, I'd like to see you guys win that one. Um, very winnable fixture. Um, to, you know, to put the pressure on Sheffield Wednesday, should they fall foul of um, points deduction. Uh, Dan, how do you see that one going for, uh, for Fulham? Well, so... We were quite disappointed with the way we finished up on, on Tuesday night at, at West Brom. You know, they didn't really go for it in the last 20 minutes. We were sort of, it, it felt like we were settling for the playoffs. And, and you know, it was quite a remote chance of, of uh, catching uh, Leeds and West Brom. But you'd like to think they would have had a go at it. Um, so I feel like the players will want to prove a point um, against Sheffield Wednesday um, to try and show that they've still got some firepower going. Um, and clearly, uh, if, I can, if I can add this, this note, Clearly, Shepherd Wednesday, you know, should be punished absolutely um, for their transgressions. It's been we've been waiting a long time um, for that, and you know, it gives creative accounting a whole new uh, meaning. If if you ask me, uh, what what they've done, so absolutely, that those should be punished. And if their only punishment though is uh, is taking a few in their own net um, on, on, uh, at the weekend, then I'm, then I'm sure you'll all be happy with that. Well, yeah. yes, yeah. Especially, you know, with other games that are being played. Now, start off with um, the Charlton game. Uh, they're hosting Wigan Athletic. Um, and we'll go to our, our London correspondent, uh, Dan, first. Uh, a massive game down at the Valley, isn't it? We will go into it in a bit more detail shortly. Like Adam said before, it, it's going to be a tough game, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I feel like... Charlton have possibly done, done themselves in with their with their last few results. You know they're really looking to to try and win that that last game, and they they sort of let it slip towards towards the end. There's seemingly still a bit of discontent in the camp um, with regards to to some of their players who aren't playing or or are playing or aren't playing or whatever whatever's happening this week. So you know. I feel like they um, they may pay the price for for a few uh, negative tactics. It feels like they're trying to hold on to results or for straight opposition at uh, at this point. Whereas earlier in the season, obviously it's a lot easier um, to, to to look back in hindsight. But earlier in the season, it felt like when you're watching the games, they were going for results and they were surprising teams. It feels like the division sort of worked them out a little bit, and Bowie has become much more defensively minded as a as a coach. I, I don't know. That's yeah. just 
that's just how I perceive it. Well, we'll we'll obviously cover the game uh, as Latics fans uh, in a moment. Jack, I'm going to come to you for the other game that I've missed out from this weekend. Um, Hull versus Luton. Absolutely horrific game. Hull obviously on the back of a an eight nil defeat, and Luton on the back of a last minute equaliser draw at Birmingham. What's your thoughts on that game? We've we've had a discussion in private, us lads. But uh, what, what's your thoughts on it? I mean, I think all Wigan fans are praying for a draw in that one if we could possibly get it. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it's too hard to call too hard to call either way. As Barry said, you don't know if Hull are going to bounce back from that eight nil and kind of come out all guns blazing, or if they're going to be down in the dump. So I, I really couldn't call it, but praying for a draw. Yeah, and I think I think um, I think I am Paul. You you had a different view on this, didn't you? The yeah, show, I, I, the whole game. Yeah, I, I to be honest, I don't think it matters. Um, I think we just get two wins and and jobs are good. And, um, realistically, we've got to finish twelve points above whoever's in twenty second. Um, so so long as we pick up three, and I think Charlton is a perfect game for us because it's a team that we know are going to be, you know, we're not turning up playing a team that we, we think are on the beach. We know that's not to be the case. Um, so I think that means that we'll be right on it again. Uh, and if we put three points on it, it doesn't matter what they do. You know, I, I think we'll be all but home and hose by tea time. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully. Um, and then we go to Thursday, uh, Wednesday's game. Z- Brentford take on Barnsley. So, you know, that uh, affects us. Cardiff Hull, Leeds Charlton, Luton Blackburn. So, there's going to be teams that are still trying for things there and teams already on the beach, so to speak. Uh, Millwall, Huddersfield, Forest Stoke, Sheffield, Wednesday Borough and the Latics against Fulham. It's it's going to make it for an interesting Wednesday. I'd rather be. I, I think I'm going to be like Barry uh, from Tuesday on Wednesday because even if it's in our hands, it, it's still nerve wracking. No, no, no. Fulham will be comfortably ensconced in the playoffs. We will only need a point to be absolutely certain, um, and it'll be nil nil. Well, let, let's um, let's have a look. So, we're going to start off with the uh, Charlton preview with Addicts fan John Stevens. Uh, his Twitter handle is at underscore Michaela sixty three. Um, well, over to you, John. How are we performing since lockdown? Uh, it's been a mixed bag um, since the restart. Uh, we started well, getting uh, two wins, um, but now we're just struggling. Um, our main issue is the lack of a front line that can score goals. Um, Macaulay Bond has got ten, uh, which is not bad for someone who was playing National League last year, but uh, there's nobody else to chip in. Uh, and EK's only got two, maybe three goals all season, and Hemed's got none. So, um, you know, Lyle Taylor and his antics of not wanting to play, um, you know, for the restart has, uh, has really hit us hard. But... 
Uh, I think that's that's where the main issue is. Um, we, we can't, if we do go ahead, we can't hold on to a lead. And uh, if we go behind, we haven't got two goals in us to uh, claw ourselves back in it. But um, that's just how it is at the moment. You uh, you get what you deserve, unfortunately. Key players for us. Um, since the restart, uh, we've got um, two of the uh, two of our youth stars have come through um, in Alfie Dowerty and Albie Morgan. Um, uh, Dowerty, um, he's he's going to be a star. He's got so much pace and he's always willing to take on defenders. Um, if he can provide the crosses and get into the box, we may stay uh, may stand a chance. But um, yeah, he's he's probably the standout with uh, with Morgan. Who, who's come in? Uh, they were both sent out on loan at the beginning of the season to non-league teams, and because of the injuries, we had to put them in a team. And they've they've really come to the uh, come to the front. So they're the two. But um, yeah, keep your eye on Alfie Doughty. He's uh, yeah, he's he's going to go a long way, I think. Wigan going into administration. Um, I could go on for ages about crooked owners and the EFL's fit and proper test. Um, you know, as a Charlton fan, you know, you, you, we've we've had three owners this year, um, and possibly a fourth on the way. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely feel for you guys. Um, long story short, really, it's a travesty. Um, I think the clubs of our size who jump between the top three divisions um, are quite vulnerable to dishonest owners and directors, and and those middlemen that are looking to make a profit with a quick turnover. Um, you know, as as for you guys, um, I think it's a disgrace that you know some guy can take over your club and within a month put you into administration, and and then it could be down to a bet. It's just, it's just criminal on so many levels. Um, yeah, as a Charlton fan, you know what I, I mean. I feel for you guys. Um, it's quite mad though that um, you know. I really hope that you you stay up. Um, you know, and you get the twelve points. You know, or thirteen points above the drop zone, whatever it may be. Um, but it could be your deduction that actually keeps us up. So, uh, yeah, mixed feelings. But, yeah, I think deep down, no one wants to see that um, happening to any club. So, yeah, I really hope you guys pull through. Will we stay up? Um, the game against you guys is absolutely massive for us. Um, it's definitely a 50-50. You know, it's still in our own hands. Um, if we can you know, take three points off you guys on Saturday, it pretty much guarantees another year. And even a draw wouldn't be the worst result. But with Leeds' last game of the season, um, I think if you beat us, I think that's it. It's another uh, another tour of League One, unfortunately. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it, as I say, it's in our own hands. But um, yeah, Saturday is absolutely huge for us. As for the prediction, um, I'm not holding out much hope. Uh, I would love to be more optimistic, but uh, you guys are on top form, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a rather tough game for us. Um, I mean, the other night with you know your eight nil win, um, I know Hull you know gave up after a couple of minutes, but um, yeah, you know you need to take your chances, and and you did that, and. I just hope that you don't do that on Saturday. Um, I, I don't think we're going to go out to try and beat you. Um, I think we're going to try and play as safe as possible and, and go for a nil-nil, which seems like the what we do at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think you guys are in top form, and I, I would take a nil-nil draw to be fair um, if we can scrape one of them. Yeah. So um, obviously, 
I think it's quite interesting that the last two games we've played, Hull and Charlton have, have obviously both had serious issues with the owners. Uh, and John sort of alluded to that. Uh, if any club can empathise with us, it's Charlton, obviously going through you know, three owners already this season. Um, to be honest, I actually think that um, they're doing a lot better than, than I would have expected, really, given the off-field problems that they've had since the start of the season. Um, and he obviously alluded to that. And they've, not, they've still had the problems since lockdown of obviously losing Lyle Taylor, the best player. Obviously, they lost Gallagher, didn't they, as well, after Christmas. Um, so, I think they're battling away still. Um, but I think his view is a little bit like mine. I, I, he seems a little bit pessimistic about whether they're actually going to be able to, you know, just just score enough goals because they can't see they can't see games out at the moment. They're suffering from the Wiganitis before Christmas, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you could see Lee Boyer on uh, after the game on Wednesday. He looked really despondent by it. So let's let's hope that that rubs off on the uh, on the players. I just want to clear up a point as well. I did mean Charlton at, at Birmingham, not uh, Luton at Birmingham. I got my uh, games mixed up. Barry. Yeah, I was just saying uh, with what John said that uh, I thought it was nice of him to say that he doesn't want to see us go down. In these circumstances, Adam, he seems like a he's a genuine football fan, isn't he? Rather than, you know, just uh, just a, you know, just Charlton and that. Say he's yeah. a genuine football fan. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think as well. I've I've gathered that from most football fans. What I class as true football fans, you know, the, the, there's no tribalism. You know, we're we're all supporters and. You know, there's a number of us in this division who have basically been, you know, shafted by owners, haven't we? So, you know, they can empathise with us. And it's been great, you know, all the, a lot of the fans who have been on the podcast this year, some of them have donated uh, to the to the cause. No pressure there, Dan. I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and but, but mainly the well wishes, that's what me, that means, means a lot, really. You know, the sharing of the crowdfunding page, um, you know, and football fans at this level, we're all in it together. So let's hope we beat Charlton on Saturday. But you know, I'm happy. I'm very happy for them to stay up still. Yeah, uh, Barry, who's the man in the middle this weekend? Uh, the referee is Gavin Ward from Surrey, and he's uh, refereed us already this season at. Um, Blackburn, which was nil-nil, and against Luton, which was nil-nil. <laughs> so, uh, his, his stats, let's have a look at his stats for this season. Uh, 30 games, 105 yellows and three reds. Uh, he's refereed Wigan Athletic a total of six times. We've won one, drawn three and lost two, which gives him a Latics love factor of 35%. Um, previously we played Charlton only 11 times five wins two draws four defeats this season 2-0 Big Che two goals unfortunately won't be playing this weekend he's uh, stepping up his recovery at St George's Park last time at the Valley was September 2017 when we won 3-0 Gavin Massey got a brace and Sammy Morsi was on the score sheet Jack 
coming to you first. What score is the game going to be and why? I'm going to go 3 0 Latics. I think there's, as, as we've mentioned, there's been troubles for both teams with the ownership, but I think theirs has left a bit of a cloud, whereas ours has united us at the moment. So I think we're going to be far too much for them. Yeah, totally agree. Um, Paul? Yeah, as I said before, I, we're not going to throw it away now, are we? We'll, we'll, no. we'll put we'll, we'll two 0 against him, as that's been our most common scoreline since post lockdown. Uh, old Radham. Yeah, I think I think they're, they're certainly going to battle in this game. It's going to be. I think it'll be. A, they'll try and make it scrappy like the Barnsley game. They're certainly not going to be as open as Hull as Hull were on Tuesday night. But I. I at the moment, I can't see them scoring against our defence, and I think we will nick a goal there. So I, I think we'll win it by one goal to nil. Young Gradham. Um, yeah, it's I'm, I'm nervous already for this one. Um, I think the good thing about last night's equaliser from Birmingham not only does it keep them properly, firmly in the battle, but it kind, it kind of means they won't play for a point. Um, I was worried that, you know, had they won last night, they're kind of safe and they may just be happy to take a point and frustrate us. But I think with teams going at us, I feel like we're a better team in that sense. Um, so I can see it being a very end-to-end for um, both teams desperate for the win. And with the way we're playing at the minute, you can't really look past us. I, I really hope, you know, that's the case. And um, I'll go for a 2-1 Wigan win. Um, I could maybe see us coming from behind, which we don't do a lot. Um, maybe go a goal down in the first half and then and, and grind out a win. I think that would be the true sign of the kind of the team we've become and the, the fight in the squad. Um, I, I'm in the other way. I, I'll take a five nil as well. Um, but yeah. <laughs> as we all will. <laughs> so and um, Barry. Um. Well, I I watched I watched the game at Birmingham last night. Well, a bit of it, and I think one thing we're, we're, it'll surely be is a very physical game. We know we have got Jason Pierce at the back as well, ex ex Latics player. Um, there was a lot of blood and guts left on the pitch last night. I think there will be on Saturday. Uh, Boyer was absolutely distraught at the end of it. He mentioned the fact that they've got to play a very 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 good Wigan side, which uh, so. He's changed his tune a bit from, from earlier in the season. Um, like Adam says, I, I think they they have to attack us because if they don't beat us, they're as good as down because they're not going to get anything on the last day up at Leeds. Um, so they'll come at us and it'll suit us. And I can see us winning 2-0. Excellent. Um, now, just before we move on to the full game, I just want to... So you're Simon. If, if we win, we win. 1-0, 2-0, 8-0, 9-0, whatever it is. A win's a win. Um, I just want to win. Uh, that's that's all I want. It's, all... it's a good job not all of us said that stuff like that, isn't it? Else we'd have, we'd have brushed over that dead quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 was just, I was just reading the agenda. And I want to have, um, before, before we move on to Fulham, uh, the fundraising that's been going on. Obviously, there's still time to... Um, Donating in Jack's name to to the cause for for the work that he's done. There's obviously the purchasing of the the stickers are available directly donating to the crowdfunding page. The Wall of Hope you can you can get your name on there. There are set amounts um, 
for that. But there's also little things going on. Um, Tat uh, Menkfek on Twitter did uh, some more runs of his um, his legendary pictures. I'm going I'm to say um, donating. Uh, large amounts to uh, the club's cause. Um, even down to the small things, I've seen people doing key rings, making key rings and uh, sending them out. Beck, uh, I think it's Beck Pugh who's been doing that. Everyone is really coming together. I said it earlier, there was that picture that someone's mocked up with Band of Brothers posted across the bottom of it. And it goes for us all. It's It's the players on the pitch. It's the staff that are there. It's the staff that have been made redundant. It, it's the fans. Everyone is pulling together to save this great football club, and which it leads me into the Fulham um, preview because I'd like to say, and I know the rest of the podcast guys would like to say, is thank you to the Fulham fans for you know the donations that they've made. Um, there's also been you know the wider football and community. We've seen cutouts of people wearing Liverpool shirts. Everyone's really trying to do their bit to save a club. Um, a, a club in the northwest, you know, Dan, like you guys down there, we're a team up north. Um, you know, an unfashionable team to many in the northwest of England. But fans like yourselves down down in Fulham, for example, are really coming behind it. And why? Um, it's very simple for, for us. So so I have a, a friendship with Barry that's gone back a, a few years since. I feel um, sorry for you then. Contribute well. You know, I knew that was coming. I, I set myself up for it. Um, since, since contributing to, to his podcast and, and his website. Um, but for for me, it's it goes back to something Adam was saying earlier, that you know, true football fans recognise what football means to... Um, to an awful lot of people in this country, and especially to um, towns and cities where the the football club is rooted in its community, and just what um, community value uh, football clubs bring—not just the, the from from three o'clock on a Saturday, but everything that's run from a football club through the week and all the things they do um, off the field. But for me and the Fulham fans that I know, we've always felt that Fulham and Wigan's history has been a little bit interlinked. And I, I mentioned this in the piece I wrote for our for our trust website. Um, you know, we both got promoted together at the start of that uh, run that we we both had really from from the from the lower leagues up to the to the very top flight. We then played um, top flight football together quite a few times. Um, and it's a very special place to, to come to. You're always treated um, exceptionally well by people um, in the pubs and, and the kebab houses and, and every, everywhere that you go um, around Wigan, people are, people are pleased to see you and, and very eager to, to engage in conversation. It's a very special um, atmosphere. Um, and so we feel, and obviously we shared a few players um, over 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 a long a long period of time, you know, um, somebody mentioned Jimmy Bullard uh, earlier on, likes of Hugo Rodiego as well, who you know has a history of um, starring in, in fights against the drop for for Wigan um, previously. So so we have that shared sense of um, history, 
But I think also the circumstances in which Wigan find themselves are particularly unique um, at the moment um, and speak to a fact that, you know, football is not the game that, that it once was. Um, so, so we need to, to show solidarity. And in our case, you know, it, it became pretty clear when the COVID crisis really hit that we weren't going to um, be able to go to the DW Stadium for the, for the last game of the season. And everybody was really looking forward to the last game of the season um, at your place because it's always such a great uh, place to go, one of the favourite away trips for us. And so we wanted to do whatever we could to help. Um, and so donating to the crowdfunder, publicising the crowdfunder, encouraging people on the various social networks to get involved themselves is the least that we could do. And, you know, it does seem that, that a few Fulham fans have stepped up and we'll try and do some of that again in the lead up to, to the game on Wednesday, a bit more promotion and hopefully push that crowdfunder a little bit further along. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. My my message to you is to, to get yourself... Uh... A meat of potato pie and a, a barn cake bread roll, whatever you call them in London. Have yourself a Wigan kebab and settle in um, for what will hopefully um, not be a great afternoon for you. Normally, I'd wish you all the best for Saturday, uh, but hopefully it won't it won't be the uh, the best of games for you. Um, but um, Adam, do you want to lead with Adam asks for a, for a live um, Adam asks? Uh, last one of the season. Yeah, th- thanks for that, Sai. Just, just, just put me on the spot, but uh, you know I can adapt to these things. Um, I just, wa- I put my hand up just then because I just wanted to say, no wonder he loves coming to Wigan because uh, we haven't actually beaten them since uh, two thousand and five at the at the DW Stadium. So I think that's the real reason. It's not, it's not the pies and the atmosphere. It's the three points that they they always seem to to uh, to pick up. Um, yeah, just just really, I guess um, first question that I asked the most is just very briefly a summary of the uh, season. Really, I mean, I I predicted Fulham to get promoted automatically at the start of the season. Um, another failed coupon for me. I don't know what what were Fulham's views at the start of the season. Did you expect to be doing a little bit better than what you were? Yeah, it's a strange one. I would say on your, on your previous point, away wins for Fulham are very hard to come by. So, yeah, absolutely, we have some some uh, some fond memories and and some not so fond memories. I was at that that game where we lost very late, I think. Um, so, so yeah, I, I remember that pretty well. In terms of our season, um, it's very difficult to sum up. So so obviously we're all hoping that getting back to the Premier League was going to be a kickstart for. For a really good spell for, for the club and it, it turned out to be disastrous um, in the Premier League um, and then you had a new manager a totally inexperienced manager in, in Scott Parker and no one's quite sure so for myself I didn't really think we could count on much tactical acumen from him so I, I didn't see us getting into the automatic promotion um, spot but he's done pretty well in terms of keeping us in, in the playoffs there are people who think we're not um, achieving uh, strongly enough, given the, the squad that we've got at our disposal, and we're not um, we're not attacking enough with, with, with the players that we've got. But you know, third, fourth in the in the table is, is a pretty reasonable return. And, and you know, as the results have come out this last week, we're we're securing in the, in the playoffs. So at least we've got a little bit um, 
to look forward to in, in, in the final week. Yeah, so apart from the obvious names you liked, obviously um, uh, Mitrovic and Knockart, um, any any sort of young players coming through this season who, you know, shining lights, who may, maybe have stepped up or you wouldn't have necessarily expected to do at the start of the season? Yeah, so a lot of our young players have been quite unlucky with, with injuries. So Stephen Tessignon, the twin brother of, of Ryan Tessignon, who's now wasting away on a, on a substitutes bench in, in North London, um, he hasn't quite had the breakout season that we, we would have hoped for. He's um, had a few injuries. Um, we've had Harrison Reid on loan um, for, the, for the duration of the, the season from, from Southampton. He's just come into his own over the last sort of five or six matches. He's been terrific um, at the base of the, base of the midfield. Um, and you couldn't call him a young player by, by any stretch. Um, but uh, Michael Hector has been, been really good at centre-back since, uh, since coming in in January. But probably our, our best performer of the, the whole season has been the goalkeeper, Marek Rodak. Um, still quite young for a goalkeeper. Got his chance midway through the season and has really solidified um, our defence. So on that note, he'll concede a hatful to you um, come Wednesday night. Yeah, I think he did, uh, from memory, did he not, he's had a great season, but did he not have one shock? Was it against Barnsley, was it? It was a terror, yeah, he had a, he, he had a bit of a stinker against Barnsley, yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully he, he saves it for the sides who are sort of on the, the edge of the relegation zone. For, looks uh, like it, yeah, yeah. Putting in, a, putting in a stinker, really. So, yeah, so obviously you've already talked, I mean, I've, I've asked most of the fans over the last couple of weeks to talk about the administration, which you've obviously already already done. So, and, and again, thanks obviously for your kind words on that as well. So, I guess it just leaves us to ask you, what is your prediction? I mean, you've kind of talked about what Fulham's approach might be, but what what would be your score prediction for the game on Wednesday? Oh, I think we're going to win, um, and I, I don't think that's in much much doubt really. Um, you know, or alternatively, if if uh, if everyone's as optimistic as Paul, we can just pass it to you continuously for for, for ninety minutes. We're quite good at giving the opposition the ball um, for certain. But yeah, I I would have it down as a a very easy one nil or two nil two nil victory for yourselves at this point. Yeah. So what we won't see Mitrovic his elbow then on. Uh... Wednesday night. Well, you can never, you can never, well, you may see it, and in which case he may, um, he may get sent off this time. Um, but he's put that side of his game away. In all seriousness, I'm not sure you'll see Mitrovic at all. You know, no. there's, a, there's a lot of these players with missing uh, Tom Kenny um, and Abu Kamara. They're seemingly resting them for the playoffs, and I think that might be a very tempting prospect for for a number of players, given how quickly the turnaround is going to be between the end of these fixtures and the start of the playoff. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks Thanks very much for that, Dan, and best of luck in the uh, playoffs. Well, thank you. Thank you for the, for the live, Adam Ass, and thank you, Dan, for your, uh, your thoughts. Uh, we'll turn our attention now to the referee. Barry, have they been uh, announced yet? No, not been announced, Simon. So uh, we're delighted. Yeah, I, I assume it'll be somebody with a whistle and uh, a couple of cards in his pocket. And uh, if it's been like the rest of the rest that we've had since since we come out of lockdown, we'll not do too bad, will it? Because they've all been all right. So that's the kind of comment I'd expect Thorpe to make. So 
Cheers. Uh, right. Previously, we've played Fulham forty-seven times, and you know, Dan Dan's mentioned that the you know the games we've played and we've come together, we've only beaten Fulham ten times, drawn seventeen times, been beaten twenty times, not won in the last eighteen meetings. Our last home win was in October two thousand and five, a ninetieth-minute winner from Pascal Chimbonda. This season at the Craven Cottage, it was two 0 to Fulham. Brian and Kearney getting the goals. I remember being at the cottage seeing um, Jason Scotland score. He, he's uh, his only league goal for the Latics. And who else? Uh, Omri Kamara uh, scoring uh, down at Craven Cottage. Uh, Jack, we'll come to you first. Um, how do you see Wednesday night playing out? Well, I'm hoping, as Dan said, they're going to rest a load of players and... It's been on my mind that what if they've got a few players that want to prove themselves for the playoffs? I don't think... I think the manager will already have his team for the for the playoffs in his mind and it won't make that much of a difference. And also, when you're moving some key players around, if you think if you take Kiefer Moore out of our squad and you gave kind of young Joe a chance, it would completely change the dynamic, completely change how the players have gelled. So I think it's going to disrupt the squad too much and it'll be... I think an, an easy 1-0 win. We'll get a goal. Fulham won't really want it too much. And we'll see it out from there. Yeah, well, I, I'm fully with you on that one. Um, Fujitsu customer support. What's your thoughts? Oh, I've just been looking at the disgrace of Gijon, I think it's pronounced, which was Germany-Austria in the 1982 World Cup, where... A 1-0 win for Germany, so both teams are all right. And I think we'll just run this out 1-1 with nobody really putting any effort in because a 1-1 draw will suit both teams. Fair enough. Lord Worthington? Um, I just hope nothing's resting on it, to be honest, because I don't know if my nurse could take it after all what's been going on. So, hopefully Paul's right and, and results will go our way. And I, I, I'm go- I'll go with Dan. I'll go for the uh, easy one or 2-0. I'll go with down. Donald Jack said 1-0, the easy 1-0. I'll go with down and go for the easy 2-0 with Fulham. Uh, not too bothered because, uh, you know, they've got their eye on the playoff. And, and, and in all seriousness, um, why Fulham's been so so gracious, so kind with us, all the Fulham supporters, I do hope you're successful in these playoffs and I do hope you go up. But we'll miss you next season anyway, if, if you do, and we stay up. Uh, the ninth Earl of Pembury. Right. Um, well, I think it's going to be unlikely uh, that we're going to be safe going into the game. Um, I don't think we'll actually need a point um, in the end because I actually think the results will play out on that last day. Um, like the child, I think Charlton will lose and Barnsley will lose. Um, I think it'll be a draw, personally. I think I think it might might be kind of a after a Lord Mayor's show, really. At, at the point that we need Fulham, I can't really see them offering that much. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was an absolutely dire nil-nil. But I think it will it will be very much celebrated. Good stuff, um, Young Adam. Yeah, I, think I haven't got I, a name for you, 
you've not no. just, you've changed everyone else's names but yeah. your own. Yeah. Um I can see a draw here. Um I'm hoping I think it it very much depends on what happens on Saturday in terms of our result and um the other results obviously. Um I think if we need a win it's a whole different game, isn't it, really? Um so it's hard to predict at this point, but I'm hoping get a win on Saturday and a comfortable, you know, minimum of a point on Wednesday and that'll see us see us just right. So yeah, I can go go with a one one. Excellent. Anyone got anything else they'd like to bring to the table before we wrap up this evening? Um, I was going to say, I, I've, uh, I've had a, I think we've all had a bit of a go at doing some uh, predictions for the, you know, for the, for the results in the championship for the last two two games. So I'm going to post mine on the uh, PWU Facebook page if other people want to have a go at it. On, on my version, we we survived by two points, but interestingly, Luton, I think, also survived on my uh, results. So I'll just run through mine. I had. Um... Barnsley bottom, uh, Charlton second bottom and 47, Luton third bottom and 49. I had Wigan finishing the season on 63 points uh, in 10th place. Uh, so if you take your 12 off, we'd, um, we'd be level with what I had as Borough and Birmingham. Uh, Adam, have you got to yours? Yeah, I've got it, yeah. So my... Uh, I had Wigan on 61, so a win at Charlton, draw uh, Fulham. Uh, and the bottom three, reading up, were Hull City bottom, Barnsley second bottom. And I'm re- really sorry to our guests this evening, Charlton third bottom with Luton just just about um, surviving. So uh, you can see how we got to that by having a look. I think Barry had a go as well, didn't he? Yeah, Barry had Barnsley bottom, Hull second bottom and Luton third bottom. Wigan on 61 points. Just just very quickly before, because I, I didn't get much airtime earlier on, so I'm using it now. But just very, very quickly, if you actually go back to, uh, I think somebody had a look at the, was it the 1st first, first of January? And if you'd knocked our points off then, we'd have had eight points. Um I, I don't know how many that would have been from safety at that time. It must have been something like 14 points from safety. Very similar situation to what Bolton have been in all season and nobody would have ever given Bolton a hope. So um, I think it's just absolutely remarkable where we've come from in January to get to get to where we are now. We've just got to finish the job off. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So the way I want to, I'm going to close it is to get a word from our our guests. So we'll start with uh, Dan because he's the non-Wigan viewer. Then Jack, I want you to go in really strong with some uh, rallying calls. But uh, Dan, uh, thank you very much. Good luck for the uh, the rest of the season. Um, thank you for being on the podcast. Pleasure to join you. Best of luck for the rest of the season, guys, and for everything else off the field. Uh, we're all thinking of you and uh, hopefully we'll make some more donations over the week to come. Thank you very much. And Jack, just to come to you, um, well done for everything you've done so far. What's your, your message to the, to the players? They'll be listening to this uh, pre-match for, for both games, no doubt. It's their pre-match uh, listen. But if in some way it does get through, what, what, what would you like to say to them? I think th- thank you all for having me, firstly. Um, I think to the players, just thank you for everything you've done so far and don't 
not finish what you started now. You've got us on this path to uh, to safety. We've come through it before. It's in our DNA. And yeah, just don't don't give up on what we've started now. Believe in yourselves. Go steady. If uh, that's one thing, I just want the players to. You saw that tackle from Robinson, and something like that could really cost us against Barnsley. We need to we need to have cool heads, but confident heads. Um, the whole town believes in you. Thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. It's inspiring words. It, it almost um, makes me think of Rudyard Kipling's um, If, uh, with, you know, with what you were saying about you know, keeping your head um, around you. And I think it's a, it's a very, very true poem to, to go off because of, of how inspirational, how well this team have been. I, w- I won't read it out because uh, I'll probably just get laughed off by these lots at the end. Um, podcast team, it's it's been another another good episode this evening. Uh, a bit longer than normal. They all seem to have been a bit longer than normal. This uh, re- return to to football for for one reason or another. In that case, it's a good night from me. It's a good night from us. Good night from us. Jesus. Good night. Mm-hmm. Good night. I'm good back. Night, I'm good night.